you're listening to Everyday Creative People. I'm your host, Dina Adrians, and this podcast is for the doers, dreamers, and makers of the world. For anyone who wishes they had more time and freedom to play, who struggles with creative blocks, or who's trying to figure out how to make a living while making art, I'm here to stumble through the madness by your side. Once you finish listening to today's show, please take a moment to subscribe to future episodes and rate the podcast. Leave a comment and tell a friend. It will really help me out. You can also join the community over in the Creative Playground Facebook group after the show and find all the show notes at dinaadriance.com slash ecppodcast. Now settle in, get comfy, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Everyday Creative People. I'm here today with my guest, Natasha May Platt, um, who is a muralist, textile artist, and embroidery designer. Natasha uh, studied, what did you study? You studied philosophy and religion at Harvard, so totally non-artistic, which is cool. (laughs) Um, And then then immediately after school, you went and spent three years in India um, training and working in embroidery design. So Natasha now works in embroidery design for New York luxury brands, doing some really cool stuff, and has also been doing um, a lot of murals in all kinds of places, all over New York. And and you've done some in other countries as well, right? In India and Bali as well. I had muraling vacation. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cool. So welcome, Natasha. It's so nice to have you here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Dina. And thank you for this podcast in general. I think it's so important to talk about creative process and just hear other artists speak about yeah. what they go through. Yeah, it's been super fun um, being able to have these conversations with people and just the the wide variety of ways in which people are practicing creatively mm-hmm. uh, is is so, so cool to see. So Natasha, um, can you... Tell us a little bit about sort of your story. Yeah. What, what, yeah. <laughs> so, so it is I, I a story. Like such a broad question to start with. <laughs> it is but a story. It, so go ahead. <laughs> so, so, uh, so your reaction to, oh, what did you study? Um, it's a very typical reaction. I get a lot from anything from job interviews to just meeting people. Um, but it's weird to say that I actually um, sort of planned this whole trajectory. It doesn't seem me like I changed my mind or, or made a detour. Um, so basically in high school, I decided that I wanted to be a fashion designer and I was making all my own clothes and I was just really into that world. Um, but then I decided I didn't want to go to a fashion school. I felt that I wanted to really sort of dig deep into um, like the different thinkers and philosophers of, mm-hmm. of the world because I feel that that's such an important um, foundation for any creative practice so I my plan you know as a high school student was like oh, okay I'm gonna go and study all these great thinkers I'm gonna um, immerse myself in these different worldviews and then I'm gonna go and be a fashion designer now in my wow. junior <laughs> year of college I suddenly realized like how am I gonna get a job or even an internship because in New York you know it's, it's so competitive to even get an internship in fashion um, right. so I kind of you know, regrouped a little bit and was like, I'm sure there's, possi- there's, there's a possible way to do this. I just have to figure out what it is. So um, I decided to apply for this uh, grant to go to India. So that's where the India part comes in. 
Um, it was an international traveling grant and um i applied for this grant to learn about textiles and um craft in india um and i basically yeah sorry can i pause you for a second was that grant for students from harvard or was it like a broader it was yeah it was actually that particular grant um and i liked that particular grant because it was just really open-ended um they fund students Hmm. basically to do any sort of project um, anywhere in the world, but it does have to be somewhere in the world. It can't be for a part of America, even if it's a very, okay. um, yeah, so I had to go to some other I mean, country. not that America isn't in the world. Right, but like, it, like the world <laughs> outside the world of America. America. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many amazing cool. things in America too, but it's just, you have to just leave the borders of America for this. Right. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, so I, I decided to do that thing in India. I applied and I fortunately got it and, um, and so I moved to India on this grant and then I started working for a designer um, while I was on the grant and then he hired me later. So that's kind of how I got into the fashion mm-hmm. world, but it was always intended. <laughs> um, it was just yeah. a very circuitous way. How did you find that designer in India? Oh, so I Googled um, Indian fashion designers and <laughs> I literally, it was so... Um, of course. <laughs> yeah, and, and I just read his interviews and I just felt such a strong connection with him it was kind of this instantaneous thing where I was just like this is the one and he was literally the only one that I applied uh, that I emailed to ask if I could come and like work in his factory um and Mm. it just it felt really really just meant to be um so yeah we ended up having a really great relationship he's 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 still the person that I kind of uh respect the most his name is Sabi Asachi Mukherjee and he's a really big bridal designer in India but I just think he's an incredible incredible person um, so I just, I, I, yeah, I just owe him so much. And yeah, and then I came back to New York after three years there. And um, I realized that um, embroidery was kind of like the thing that people look for out of India. So um, that was, yeah, so I thought, oh, I can kind of segue into specializing in embroidery. Um, and so that's what I've been doing cool. now. And then, and then I got back into painting, which is really, really, really good for me. It makes me so happy. And I'm just so happy that I'm getting a chance to do that again. So, hmm. yeah, I imagine that it uh, allows your mind to work in very different ways than oh, the embroidery work. Yeah. So, embroidery is so, so detail oriented, especially in the way that I'm doing it because I'm working for clients. So, in my own practice, so, so that's leads into the textile art part which I'm really excited to start doing myself because that gives me a chance to do embroidery um in my own way but when I'm working as a okay. job it's like everything is so specific and with the painting I'm mm. really I what I love about the painting is that I do everything freehand because I'm really kind of trying to find a balance um to my creative work I want to be the opposite of that I and I tell my clients I'm like no when I paint I'm just like freehand on the wall I'm just drawing things I I don't have a plan I'm just hoping it'll work out and they're like (laughs) oh my god that sounds terrifying you know like they're they're like so into their you know technical sheets and the list of materials that that we work with and stuff it's very it's very different um yeah, so the painting has been a great way to kind of unwind, and it's just long, long expanses of time where I can just let my mind wander. And, yeah. Mm. yeah, that's very cool. So with the embroidery design, are you doing the actual embroidery work, or are you just designing... Um, um, like, what's your role exactly in that? Yeah, so um, my role 
given by my Italian company is design sales manager. So that's not a role okay. that you really hear in English, but mm. I, it kind of means that I do sales and I do design as well. I think the closest thing would be like product development, but I basically, okay. our company designs embroidery, then I go and I show that embroidery to different clients and then they kind of come back with their feedback and then I go back to my mm. factory and explain that to them. Like everything does happen in India still, the actual embroidery, but um, uh-huh. I have input, they have input, my factory has input, and it's kind of this really collaborative process. Okay. Um, a lot cool. of back and forth, a lot of different samples before you get the actual garment. Yeah. I'm curious, so uh, just something that's coming to mind for me, which I imagine might be coming in, in mind for some of our listeners, um, is, you know, it, the fashion world and India and sort of that that part of the world um, it's known for some really beautiful, beautiful things, but oh, there's yeah. also, uh, it's also unfortunately known for some really tragic mm. abuse of, of power. And I'm curious, um, sort of, I mean, I, my, my understanding I think is that a lot of that abuse comes in into more of like the fast fashion realm, which exactly. I think is very different That's from like, where you yeah. are. Um, but yeah, I'm just curious what you've sort of seen of that. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I mean, I've been to our factory that I currently, the company I work for many times, um, it's, we own the factory. So that's not another thing that why okay. these, um, mm. we, these problems start. It's like, there's a lot of outsourcing that happens. Like you might right. give your work to um, a factory that you've visited yourself, but then they kind of outsource it to these other smaller factories and you don't even know mm. about it as a company. That's a so in our case, we own our own factory and we actually qualified for the um, social accountability 8,000 national standard we're the only embroidery factory in india to have qualified for that um it took us three years um i mean like the italian way of treating workers is just like very very high like health insurance like Mm. a lot of good perks and and because of that um so this is something i deal with every day our embroidery is more expensive than even some of our competitors um and all of our competitors are still working in the luxury market as well so this is not even like in terms of um, price is so much more than these fast fashion companies. Um, so a lot of people like the, in the outside world tell me like, oh, luxury fashion, that sounds really bad, you know? And I'm like, that's the only kind of fashion that is paying people what they deserve mm, for the work that they wages, do. Right. Yeah. So, and, and when we look at like, when I look at my cost of embroidery, then I look at the cost of the fabric and I look at the cost of the stitching, all of these people being paid properly for the amazing craft that they're doing. The final cost of the garment ends up being like, you know, 300 or, or more. So it really, um, confuses me how clothing can be so much cheaper than that with all these elements. Um, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's so complex. Yeah. But yeah, it's a very complicated world, like of all the different networks of factories. For a single garment that you produce, Mm -hmm. how many hands would you say have touched that garment in terms of like contributing to the development? Oh God. I mean, we do, you know, recount, uh, sometimes for special celebrity pieces. Like I think one dress, we made Beyonce's Grammy's dress um, a couple years ago, 2014. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, well, we did the embroidery, but the designer was one of our clients, um, Parenza Fuller. Okay. Um, but we had to do a list of like how many hours it took. And it was something like if it, it was one person working on the dress, it would have taken that person mm-hmm. like 30 years or something. And oh basically, yeah, like it was <laughs> insane. So basically, I think for that dress, we had like 30 um, sorry, 300 people working on it. Um, wow. Yeah, but for most of our production, um, 
for normal garments like a dress, I would say probably 12 people on average work on a dress. Okay. But in those situations, we have more time. Like this dress, we had to make it in three days, you know. Sure. Three um, days. Geez. Yeah, it was really crazy. Mm. But, um, wow. but yeah, 12 people for the embroidery and then, um, you know, for stitching and all the different other parts of the process that we're not involved in, um, there's probably like an additional 12 people. So 24 people, I would say. Hmm. Hmm. So, so you decided when you were in high school that you wanted to work in fashion. Yeah. How has your actual experience of working in that world <laughs> measured up to your idea of it as a high school student? Oh my god, such a good question, Dina. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so funny when we, yeah, when we, when we see what we, what we want, and then we're like, oh <laughs> no. Um, I find fashion exhausting, and I think it's something people are talking about more and more, but it's just a calendar um, and that's also, you know, a huge part of that mm. is fast fashion because fast fashion companies like Zara have new clothes, you know, every two weeks and that's fine. Right. They have a different way of working. But when you're working in this very slow luxury kind of like space where you're giving people enough time, you're paying them enough money and you're really thinking about what you're developing, it takes time and we're pushed to develop more and more collections every year. So now it's become, you know, like four main seasons and then two bridal seasons, special events. And it's just you're just always running. You're always running. And that's the biggest mm. thing that I just never thought was an issue or never even conceptualized. And it just exhausts you. It wears you down. And it feels like there's this emptiness that I feel after a fashion show where it's like you literally were running to the last minute, you know, delivering the pieces yeah. the day of the show. And then the show happens and it's like, does anyone care? And it feels like it doesn't last. And fashion is famous for that. But like, it just is that, you know, it's like, Oh, what's next? Hmm. What's next? Yeah, that show happened. What's next? And it's like, oh my God, give me a break. Like, let me just breathe for a second. <laughs> and I feel that art is different because art lasts. I mean, you don't look at a painting and say, oh, but that was painted a year ago. You know, it's like, right. it's like, with right. that, it's like, oh, that's the last season. It's like, why does it have to be like that? It's, it's just exhausting. Hmm. That's the biggest thing that I don't like about the industry that I never thought of when I was in high school. But um, yeah. It really, it really kind of takes a toll, um, and there's never enough mm. time to recover, or breathe, or, or think, you know, new thoughts. Yeah, um, yeah. So, how do you um, take care of yourself in that, yeah. in that type of environment? Well, um, you know, I meditate. Um, now I'm getting back into it more because I kind of got out of it. But honestly, the best thing that's worked for me has been the painting because. Uh, it makes hmm. me feel like creativity is not is not always limited to being stressed, and so just right. feeling that there's a place that Oof. I can create that is on my time and last. Like what I love about murals, and I say this to like all the people that I am close to, is it's so important to me, and it's so weird, but it's like once I paint that mural, it's there, and I just love the fact that it's just there, and it doesn't go away in a few right. days like mm. maybe it's going to go away in five years that's fine but I love that fact that it's like sitting in the world lasting yeah mm. and with fashion it's just like I said it just feels like it just disappears the day you show the mm. clothing it's just gone that's how it feels for me maybe other people don't feel that way but that's just been my experience of the right because I mean like somebody's wearing it right right, right. <laughs> yeah I guess like the creative process is so 
is you're just on to the next thing already. Um, right. By the time mm. it's shown because of the calendar and the, the pressure yeah. to keep creating. Um, and I love that. The, yeah. The types of pieces that you guys are making, are they the kinds of pieces that people tend to only wear once? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, and then there's the question of like, who is wearing it <laughs> and like what kind of person is, you know, wearing these clothes and where do they get their money and stuff. And that's very different from like actually just like the desire to make something just beautiful, you know, it, it, right. it, it is a business. Mm. Um, so yeah, painting has been a great release for me and I'm actually, so I'm actually thinking very strongly slash, uh, probably going to quit my job and leave fashion at least in this way um and go into art um more mm. intensely and that's something that I'm working up towards um gonna do it probably before January of next year um just because okay. I am exhausted of the the speed and um the cycle yeah. yeah so um so that's one way I'm dealing with it is thinking <laughs> of other options <laughs> so that's really exciting I mean I think uh making that leap yeah. from working for a company to being an artist full-time is something that a lot of people dream about and a lot of people are terrified of doing. Oh, so scary. Uh, I'm not even so doing it I'm and I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking about it scares me. <laughs> so I would love to know, like, what has enabled you to get to the point where you feel like that's even a possibility? <laughs> um. If you want to be really real, saving money, it's just like, yeah. I get so scared, but then I'm like, okay, I have some savings, so I won't die, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's, and, and, but then I get scared anyway, and it's so interesting, so I'm yeah. like, well, if I still do have the savings, like, why do I feel scared still, and then it's like, oh, but like, is it enough, you know, and then, and then I read somewhere online, it's like, you know, Someone said, oh, I'll save my, I'll quit my job when I have X amount of money. But by the time I had that amount of money, I was like, no, I need double that, you know? And I'm like, it's so oh, true. Man. It's like, it's, and it's just, it's just a symbol. It's just a, a, a way to yeah. procrastinate, um, you know? Um, yeah, it is. But, it is in some ways. And, but the other <laughs> main thing is that I found that I actually can get work. Like maybe it's not high, super high paying work, but just the feeling of like being paid to do art by multiple different companies is just so amazing I'm like this is possible mm. um and it just it's literally like I just want to go towards that thing like that thing feels so good and it's like even if it's happened just a few times it's like I just want more of that you know and it's, it's just to even because I mean a lot of my life I didn't even think that was possible um yeah you know it's just my own my own limitations like Right. Maybe that view. Yeah. Can we talk numbers for just a minute? I'm yes. curious how many how many uh murals have you painted at this point? I painted thirty murals. And 30 I started murals. And last how many of these year. murals have you you started one year ago? Yeah, like August. Uh, so it's like a year and a half, I guess. August of okay, August yeah. of twenty sixteen. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so 30 murals over a year and a half. And mm -hmm. how many of those murals have you gotten paid to do? Um, I was paid for all of them except for the ones I did in India and Bali. So that's wow. minus three. Yeah. Okay. So how did you, like, 
was it scary to ask for money the first time? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, like how did you, how did that work, work out? <clears throat> well, the first mural um, I painted was paid. I mean, it was an ad on Craigslist. Um, an so, ad on Craigslist. Okay. Yeah, so I just huh. responded to the ad, um, and it was really funny because I decided like the night before that I was going to look for like a mural to paint. I'm like, maybe I should do no a mural. That would be fun. And it just it, that's like, the other thing. I was like, that was really meant to be because fashion has not been that way for me. It has been like knocking on doors, not getting interviews, you know, it's been really hard. And this was like, oh, you want to paint a mural? Okay, tomorrow you got your mural. It's like, what? This happened? <laughs> um, so oh, you asked and the universe yeah, answered. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, after like five years, I found out what question to ask. You know, maybe I've just been asking the wrong <laughs> questions. Um, so that was, you know, it was like, um, for a restaurant, um, and they, they wanted, uh, their logo painted. So I was like, yeah, sure. Like that's like a start. And then, you know, I always want to build. So like, you know, I did a good job on the logo and then I'm like, so you need other stuff for this space. Like you have a lot of empty white walls, you know? And they were like, oh, actually we were thinking about that. You know, can you put together something? So I did, you know, my first like artistic mural, which was herbs for them. Um, and yeah so that's how that started and then hmm. and then uh what was my second mural um yeah the second mural was a similar thing it was a logo uh first that was how I got my foot in the door and then they wanted something else for the hmm. office and then it, it didn't go through so in the end I just painted their logo and I'm like okay whatever okay. and that's the other thing it's like it's like um there's a lot of you know okay, next, you know, like if that didn't work out, like onto the next, looking forward. Right. And, yeah. and you know, sometimes yeah. I do sketches and the people like don't respond to me. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, I guess I didn't get that uh, one. So it's not yeah. like, it's not always so easy, but it's, you know, things work out. I, I, I would say probably I get like one in five opportunities yeah you know so how do you go about finding these opportunities like I imagine at this point some people are coming to you yeah some people find me on Instagram um that's okay. always super exciting when that happens because it, it shifts the power a little bit um yeah but otherwise and while yeah. we're on the topic do you want to share your Instagram account oh yes um my Instagram is surface of beauty um surface of beauty yes so um but I use the Craigslist a lot. Um, there's a lot of postings there. And then I use this website called Thumbtack, um, which has worked really well for me because oh, um, it's targeted huh. towards murals um, and it's local. There's a lot of freelance websites, but they don't always have a local. Um, they don't put importance on like where the person asking for the job is located and where you are located because they assume that it's maybe mm -hmm. computer work or something. And Thumbtack is the one website that I've found so far that, you know, you can search for a radius of like 20 miles around New York city. So you'll only get job offers that are in that radius. Oh, cool. Um, so I use Thumbtack Craigslist and then sometimes I cold email, which has worked you know surprising amount of time um to different places that I think like a lot of restaurants because I do a lot of plans um mm. and I say like you know can I paint a mural for your place and I yeah sometimes they are really interested and they want to they want something so then I negotiate yeah price from that's there. cool yeah like you um, did I think I remember seeing you did a mural somewhere that was like an avocado restaurant yeah or like... that was craigslist <laughs> that was craigslist okay yeah. that's cool i know and sometimes i like 
I'm like, I am getting this job. Like, there's no answer, like no possible way I'm not getting this job. Like I saw that ad and I'm like, that's perfect for me. Right. And I respond to it <laughs> and they didn't respond to me. And I'm like, no, 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 you made a mistake. Uh, so then I like email them again. I'm like, uh, I want to tell you that I specialize in like fruits and vegetables and plants. So like, please look at my work. And then they didn't respond to me again. And then I emailed them again. And then they were like, oh, yeah, come in. Mm. And then it turns out they weren't interviewing anyone else. I think they just got overwhelmed. And, and they were like, oh, wow. can you do something, you know, like this? I'm like, of course I can. So then I got the job. Huh. Yeah. That's so awesome. It's so, you know, this is, I literally just, the last interview that I did uh, was with a guy who's a chef. And um, the he did a similar thing where he sought out he was looking to do a stage um at like a a restaurant that he really admired and he sort of narrowed it down and he was like okay this is the restaurant that I want and he mm. emailed them and he literally emailed them like every 2 hours <laughs> <laughs> which which you know from my perspective as somebody who's been in the position of hiring people yeah, like, like whoa i'm like that's annoying like right. if you email me every 2 hours i would ignore you right. but it actually, like in his case, it worked. Um, and so it's, it's funny, like, I feel like there's a balance of needing to be persistent uh, and just knowing when the opportunity is the right fit for you. Yeah. Like yeah. somehow, like if it's the right fit, maybe <laughs> being persistent is that's, less problematic. Yeah, that's <laughs> I don't know what it is. There's definitely times when I just email twice and I'm like, okay, they're not interested. Like, I'm not going to be the crazy stalker girl. But other times I'm like, no, 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 you made a mistake. Like I am the right person for this. I'm just so sure. Um, hmm. Yeah, it's weird. So maybe hmm. if, maybe we decide like what is the right fit or maybe it, we just kind of feel that it's right. But um, in any case, there's definitely, definitely opportunities that I feel very strongly I'm the right person to do. And then others yeah. I'm just like, oh, let's see if they like my work. You know, I'll leave it up to them. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the middle of this thing right now with this Mexican restaurant um, and everything was going well. He even finalized the price. He loved my work. I saw the space and then he's like, do a sketch for me. And I did a sketch and I was so exhausted. I was in the middle of fashion week, but I was like, I said, I'm going to do a sketch. I'm going to do a sketch. And it wasn't very good to be honest. And he didn't reply to me. And I'm like, oh, then I replied to him and I said, oh, you know, can we talk about what you like, what you don't like? I'll do another sketch. Want to hear your viewpoint? Didn't reply. Then when I got a little bit more energy, I did a new sketch completely, um, which I really am happy with. And I thought, okay, like, mm. at least I know I did my best now because I wasn't happy with the other sketch. Right. And I just was so depleted. I was literally like falling asleep while I was coloring it in. Um, so then I sent him this new sketch and I said, you know, I had a different idea. Like maybe we could go to God. He didn't reply to me again. And then now I'm mm. like, you know, I still have that feeling with this one. I'm like, I'm so sure that like, this is the right one for me. I have that special feeling, but I've just given my all to it. So I don't know what else I can do from there. But yeah, yeah. I, I might reach out to him again, you know, because I, I know that he is um, in the process of redesigning his logo for the restaurant. And so maybe mm. he's just not being able to conceptualize what he wants to a mural because he's, he's confused about what his logo should be. So I feel a lot of it is about timing as well for the other person, you know, maybe he's just overwhelmed. Right. Um, and people have all different responses to being overwhelmed. Like if I'm overwhelmed, I'll email someone mm-hmm. and be like, you know, thank you for your email. Um, I'm going to get back to you in a month. You know, like I, I can't deal with yeah. this right now, but like this is what's going on in my life. So give me four weeks. 
but some people just don't reply. And I've literally had people email me, you know, three months after I email them. And I'm so impressed every time because I'm like, wow, <laughs> I would never remember that somebody emailed me three months ago. But this person, you know, mm. like they, I was on their mind. They just weren't able to respond to me, but they were remembering me. So you know, that's yeah. such a good point. I feel like that's so easy to forget when you're in the position of like wanting to get a job or a gig or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's so easy to forget what might be going on for the other person. Yeah. You know, and just feel like, ah, like they didn't respond to me. They don't like me. I'm a failure. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but actually, there could be a million other things going on. And like, oh, yeah. You never know. Um, and there usually is, so, you know, and, and with yeah. art, especially, um, you know, visual art, like whether it is embroidery or whether it is painting, it's also so particular to what they need at that moment. Like, um, in terms of the style and maybe your style is just not, um, what they need. And that is so hard. It doesn't mean that you're not good. It doesn't mean that you're not able to be a full-time artist but it just means that that particular company needs maybe like a cartoon style and you do hmm. you know very like right. soft watercolors the right and it's just yeah and it's there's I feel like there's no industry more so that that fit really um matters so much and that can be hmm. hard you know because a lot of jobs I feel like if you're you know qualified you know and you can do this type of job you can you have a lot of opportunities to work in different mm -hmm. companies in that position but with art it's like you need to find the place that wants your particular style yeah um, I mean you know it's interesting I, I think I get what you're saying and I actually would disagree with you on oh. that because I think I think it's you know with art yes there's like the visual style mm -hmm. um but with a lot of companies, and you know, some companies might not care as much, but a lot of companies, especially today, I think have a really strong culture. Oh, okay, right. And so it might be more of a cultural fit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've never, you know, yeah, which, you're, you're probably yeah. totally right. <laughs> Don't know much about it. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's, uh, it, it's depending on the industry, what exactly they're focusing on in terms of what makes the fit will be mm. different. But but so what kind of things not, would, would be considered for like a cultural fit? Is it a personality? Yeah, thing? well, like, um, it's somewhat of a personality thing. I mean, it's like, for example, if you're working as part of a team, um, it's important to have a balance of people who work in different ways or who have different strengths. Mm -hmm. Right. So it, it's a, it's a matter of like, how do you fit in with the other people on the team and complement what else is already existing here mm -hmm. um but then it's also like uh for example in, in fact for example there's a um a great book that i was reading this past year called an everyone culture becoming a deliberately developmental organization um mm -hmm. which is uh i totally geek out about because i'm really interested in that kind of stuff but it's about organizations that have been really deliberate to um build a culture of um focused on where they're, where they're being very s deliberate about developing their employees um knowing that by investing in their employees they're ultimately investing in their bottom line um and that book features a few different companies and i was actually looking at one of those companies on this website called glassdoor the other day which where people can like leave reviews of companies oh yeah i know that, that so, yeah <laughs> 
such mixed reviews. Like, like if you just read this book, you'd be like, oh man, this company sounds amazing. Mm. Like, you know, there's so many great things, but they have such a strong culture. Mm. It is a fit for a particular type of person um, where, you know, where, where if you are not the right fit for that culture, um, you know, whether it's like the type of lifestyle that you're looking to have or how you want to be invested in your work or, mm. you know, how you want to, um, you know, if you're not ready to be in a culture where there's like some serious, like personal development and like needing to deal with some difficult things mm. and like get difficult feedback, then that's not going to be a good fit for you. Wow. Um, so, you know, it's fit can, can look like a lot of different things. <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. Even when yeah. we're like, um, yeah, I mean, it, I guess it's just a human characteristic. I take it back. It's just like we have to be in the right, <laughs> the right environment and the right time and like so many different factors. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I want to change the topic real quick because I noticed um, you are working on your first solo show of textile <laughs> art. Yeah. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. So um, this is kind of a fusion of the embroidery that I've been spending so much time in my career on with um, my painting and like kind of my vision. So um, mm-hmm. Yes, Dina, I'm in the middle of this. The show is in May. And um, the good thing is I have a very strong idea for it now. I did not. It was kind of ruminating um, for quite some time. Um, hmm. But I kind of had this moment um, where I kind of got all tingly in my heart. Like, literally, my heart started pounding and I was, like, sweating. And I was like, <laughs> this is the idea. Like, I was just so sure and I was so just, like, excited about it. And I think you need that because um it's kind of like falling in love you know it's like you're like oh my god this is the person and then you go through all the like difficult moments and you remember Mm -hmm. that first moment and you're like okay this is worth working on because you know I I felt very strongly about this at one point and it's kind of the same thing with artists like there's so many hurdles and uh some things are not going the way I planned and then you know but but I kind of think back to my original inspiration moment and I'm like no I have to kind of it's my duty to this inspiration to kind of give birth to it. And um, so, yes, I'm working on a solo show and, um, and it is abstract, uh, colorful, large scale work that incorporates embroidery and painting. And I will Mm. send photos uh, when I have them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, so I have well, a bunch of different pieces in different stages of the process right now because I'm doing I'm, I'm cool. merging the, the embroidery in resin after mm-hmm. the embroidery is done and then I'm painting on top of the resin um so hmm. the resin is actually giving me the most trouble and I'm having someone help me with it um but there's a lot of little unforeseen complications like air bubbles and stuff like that mm. um hmm. yeah so can you talk a little bit about the process of um, putting on a show? Like what, what prompted you to decide to do this? Um, I wanted to have a time limit um, and a space to kind of, I think of it as creating like a tiny little world. And I just wanted to have a space and a time that I can hmm. create a world and yeah. I just 
I haven't done it yet. I'm in the middle of it, but like, I think that's just a really important step for me that I've never done because I didn't study art in college and it never, right. you know, has that kind of, um, yeah, I think of it as like, there's this room in the world and I can kind of like unfurl in that room and make it whatever I want. And it's up mm-hmm. to me, like, what am I going to do there in that space? And, um, and it is, yeah, it's an opportunity, I guess, to, 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 to be big, like to take up space and have it be everything is yours in that room for that moment of time. Like it's your vision of the world and you're inviting other people to kind of participate in it and take whatever they want to from it. Um, But yeah, it's just really a moment where you can create a world that you envision. Like that's what I think about a lot when I'm doing my art is, I mean, what inspires me is just kind of like the yearning or like the search for something beautiful or transcendent and, um, Hmm. and, and kind of like almost trying to bring like a little piece of that down. You know, it's like, I feel that there's something beautiful beyond our sight and just kind of like, can I grab a little part of that and like bring it into this world, you know? Um, Yeah. I love your choice of the word unfurl. Yeah. It's a room that I can unfurl into. (laughs) It's so perfect. Well, a lot of my work, well, it's going to be nature based. So, you know, I think a lot about flowers unfurling. Mm. Um, And just like what a flower is. I mean, a flower is just so beautiful. uh, Such a beautiful concept that nature created of just, yeah, like unfurling slowly in beauty, you know? Yeah. and taking up the space that it has for just a moment you know and then and then it moves on and that's kind of like how I see the space of my show like I have this moment to kind of blossom in it and then and then there's going to be another show there you know and that's like that's that's the flow of of life I guess hmm. where is the show happening um it's in Java Studios it's a um it's an artist studio building that has a gallery and it's in Greenpoint. Okay. Brooklyn. Very cool. Yeah. And apart from, so your Instagram account is surface of beauty and apart from your Instagram, where can people find you if they want to learn more about what you're up to? Um, just my website, which is um, www.natashamayplatt.com. Um, but yeah, most, right. most everything's on Instagram. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Natasha. This has been so fun chatting with you. Yeah, thank you so much, Dina. Learning about your process. Um, <laughs> I'll keep you updated. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, definitely check out uh, Natasha's Instagram account um, for some of her, to see some of her beautiful work. All right, thanks, Natasha. Take thank care. Thank you so much, Dina. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to Everyday Creative People. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment to subscribe to future episodes and rate the podcast, leave a comment, and tell a friend. Drop me a note on Facebook at Dina Adrian's Coaching and join the community over in the Creative Playground Facebook group. I'd love to hear from you. See you again next Monday. Same bat time, same bat channel.